the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good evening and welcome to Contending for the Faith. We're the Cutting Edge Christian Apologetic Ministry, addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, have you ever felt like your life is more akin to a war zone? Has your week been that way? Maybe this morning you woke up and your spouse who you've loved for years is now your enemy. Things tend to happen, and our lives are no longer a tranquil oasis. Well, if that's you, fear not. There is hope for you, because tonight we're bringing you part 12 in our series entitled Peace in the Midst of the Battle. Oftentimes, when we hear the word battlefield, we quickly envision a war zone with bombs going off and machine gun fire all around, soldiers running, people screaming, chaos abounds. But have you ever considered that there is an intense battle raging in our thoughts on a daily basis, a battlefield of the mind? But again, don't despair. There's some good news in the midst of this war zone. There's good news in the midst of the battlefield. I guess you're wondering what that is. Well, if you're going to find out, you're going to have to stay tuned to this and much, much more, for we are not pretending. We are contending for the faith. Are you guys in suspense yet? (laughs) (laughs) Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? I'm blessed, Brother Gary. Thank you so much for that introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be Blessed by our program tonight, as always. Peace in the battlefield. Oh, that is something that all of us need, because every day of our lives, we experience this type of turmoil, this type of trials and tribulations. But there is a testimony in the midst of all those T's. In the midst of the testing, there is a testimony and triumph, all those T's that God wants to give to you. You see, God delivers three ways. He delivers you, number one, in it. He delivers you, number two, through it. And then he delivers you, number three, out of it. A lot of times we just want to be put out of it. (laughs) Can I get a witness on that? But sometimes God puts you in it, just like he did with the three Hebrew boys and Daniel in the lion's den. But he always has a promise to deliver you out of it. And that's good news. But sometimes you got to go through it to get to it. Did you hear that? You have to go through it to get to it. One of the greatest experiences that you can ever experience in life is peace in the midst of the battlefield, in the midst of the storm. Whatever storm that is, you need peace And you need rest, and you need to trust in God no matter what you go through, because he will give you the promise of two things, rest, number one, and peace. You remember 
Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight and 29, Come unto me, all you that labor and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Oh, we need that rest today in this troubled world. The wicked is like the troubled sea, the Bible says, tossed to and fro. And then he will give you peace as well. And uh, we know that he is the prince of peace, Isaiah 9 and 6. So in this world, you will experience tribulation, but Jesus said, be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So in the midst of everything that we go through, God allows us to experience different types of seas, the sea of chaos, the sea of conflict, and uh, the sea sometimes of confusion. But God is not the author of confusion. He takes fusion out of confusion if you trust in him, if you rest in him. And stop trying to figure it out yourself. Just trust in God. Be still and see the glory of God. That's what Moses said to the children of Israel, because there was always in a state of conflict, complaining. And some people have the gift of complaint. (laughs) They don't have the gift of many other things, but they sure have the gift of complaint. In the body of my message, I've said over and over that there are five ways you can be afflicted when you lack the peace of God. Let me review those five things. Lisa, get into four of them. Five ways that you can be afflicted when you lack the peace of God. And I said, number one, spiritual affliction. You know, it always comes when you're not in the Word of God, when you're not in a spirit of prayer, not in a spirit of accountability. You need the church. That's why the Bible says, always uses the word saints in the plural, not in the singular. You need the church. And that's why the writer of Hebrews tells us in Hebrews 10, don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. And there are a lot of people forsaking the fellowship, the church. So, If your spiritual life is not right, then you will experience spiritual affliction. And then spiritual affliction leads to, number two, emotional affliction. Your emotions will go haywire and all over the place. And that's what's happening with a lot of people today. They're more emotionally driven than God through the word driven. And then emotional affliction leads to mental afflictions. Oh, look at uh, the news today. How many people are losing their minds? And I believe because they their minds are not on Jesus. And you remember, it tells us in Isaiah uh, 26 and 3, Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusts in thee. You want perfect peace of mind? Your mind got to be stayed on Jesus. And not only does your mind got to be stayed on Jesus, but you got to have a transformed mind according to Romans 12 and 2. That mind every day got to be transformed through the Word of God, through being in the Word of God, sitting at the feet of Jesus every day in the Word, you know, and have the Word in you, you know. And then uh, mental affliction leads to number four physical affliction. And under this fourth affliction, which is physical affliction, I want to talk about seven 
different ways uh, or seven different manifestations of how Satan attacks us in the physical affliction realm. Remember I said last week, number one is sleepless nights, sleepless nights. And you know, when people are not walking with God, a lot of times their sleep is affected and deeply affected. You know, you think about people uh, in the world today, like Michael Jackson, couldn't get any sleep, Prince, and then they start taking drugs. See, the devil start messing with your mind, and then you start taking drugs because you can't sleep. All sorts of different medications. And the next thing you know, you get onto some heavy drugs, and they can take you out of this universe. But you know, uh, King Nebuchadnezzar in Daniel 2 and 1, he could not sleep. And he was a smart man because he reached out to the God of Daniel. And God was able, through interpretations, to help that man sleep at night. You know, one of the things that the devil will do, if you don't stay close to Jesus, he will take your sleep patterns away from you. Understand that now. Now, the second thing that uh, how he will attack you, you know, attack you with sleepless nights, but he'll attack you, number two, with the easy irritation. What I mean by easy irritation, because a troubled heart is like the sea tossed to and fro. Troubled hearts that doesn't experience the peace of God is quickly irritated, ticked off quickly, and easily irritated. There are a lot of people this way in the world and in our churches and even in marriages. That's why so many marriages are destroyed. Somebody get ticked off, easily irritated. You know, um, any little thing can tick them off, can irritate them. Any little words can irritate them, tick them off. Any little look at them in the wrong way can tick them off, irritate them. Any little actions of people will be an easy irritation and disturbance to them to easily get ticked off and angry. And if you ask them why are you so easily irritated, he or she may not be able to tell you unless they link it to a troubled heart, troubled spirits. They have to first get past the denial and then get to the underlying core cause of the problem, which is a troubled heart that's not right with Jesus. You remember, Jesus gives some good advice on this, does he not? This is a real good word for all of us, okay? No matter what you're going through, you may be going through a financial crisis or marital crisis or a physical crisis or a church crisis or... You may be going through a family crisis. I don't know what type of crisis that you are going through, but Christ says this. This is an encouraging word to all of us. John 14 and 1. Let not your heart be troubled. That's a good word, isn't it? For all of us. I want you to write that down. Take a note of that. John 14 and 1. Let not your heart be troubled. 
troubled hearts can lead to so many different things. And uh, thirdly, you know, we not only people experience these sleepless nights, and secondly, easy irritation, but this can lead to, thirdly, eating disorders. This is also a physical sign that the peace of God is absent. People seeing, uh, you know, this problem in you and the doctors seeing this problem in you, eating disorders, and counselors, they see that you are troubled by something that's causing you to eat and eat too much. And uh, this is a serious problem in our world today. And people are gaining weight. People are uh, constantly having these physical ailments and not only gaining weight, but having heart attacks and strokes and uh, electrolytes imbalances and strokes and diabetes and uh, anorexia, bulimia, and even leading to death. Let me just say this in conclusion. The word of the Lord to you and me, let not your heart be troubled. And then in Philippians 4, be anxious for nothing, but in all things through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your requests known unto God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and mind in Christ Jesus. See, you know, when your heart is guarded by God and by peace, you'll just rest in him. You need to take the body serious. Now, I'm going to say this in, in closing, that You know, in the Old Testament, I want to make a parallel between the Old Testament temple and the uh, New Testament temple. In the Old Testament, God literally destroyed people who abused his temple in the Old Testament, profaned it, disrespected it, blasphemed it, or took advantage of it. Even priests ended up dead when they were living lives of hypocrisy. If God took that that serious in the Old Testament, how serious is he taking 1 Corinthians 3 and 16? Know you not that your body is the temple of the spirit, the spirit. If any man defiles the temple of God, him shall God destroy. A lot of people are defiling the temple of God by which God wants to not only have residence, but he wants to become president of your life. And by taking drugs, overeating, stressing, and uh, worrying, drinking, abusing the body, and even with smoking. Say this, and then I'm done. One guy called in on the radio many, many years ago, many years ago, and he said, Dr. Buckner, uh, I'm a Christian. If I smoke, will I uh, go to heaven? Because I'm, I'm, I'm scared. I smoke. Will I go to heaven? I said, if you're truly born again, you'll go to heaven. But if you keep smoking, you just may get there sooner. If God wanted you to smoke, he would have built a chimney on top of your head and had smoke to come out like a choo-choo train. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches. Brother Gary. (laughs) Well, I got to follow that smoking gun. (laughs) It's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. 
And once again, we want to begin by thanking everyone who has been diligently praying for contending for the faith. Without your prayers and financial support, we never could have remained on the air for so long. We also want to thank those who uh, God blessed to give over the last couple of weeks, Jackie, William, Jerry, and Nancy. It costs us 400 a week to remain on the air, so we need your help. We need your consistent prayers, and we need your consistent giving. If God has blessed you with a tax refund, maybe, and uh, you've been blessed by the program, maybe you can consider giving us a financial blessing from that blessing to you. There have been cases where some people have put uh, their favorite ministries in their wills and as part of an inheritance to pass on as a legacy, to continue to bless the work even after they're gone. So, you know, if God is moving on your life in such a way, and if you've been blessed by contending for the faith, maybe these are ways you can consider to being a long-term blessing to this ministry. Well, there are two ways that you can donate. One, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. And the second way is simply go online to contendingfaith.org, contendingfaith.org, click on the Donate button, and you will be a blessing. It's that simple. We want to encourage you. As God has blessed you and if this ministry has blessed you, then consider participating through prayer, participating as a financial partner here with us at Contending for the Faith. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. Thank you so much for those uh, announcements. And it is so true that, uh, you know, uh, there are people that are going beyond the call of duty with ministries that has really blessed them. We had a close call where somebody had sent us a check of $153,000, and apparently the lawyer uh, meant to send it to a contending faith publisher, so they made the lawyer made a mistake. But I was thinking, wow, that would have been a tremendous blessing for us to even expand the ministry by which we have. So you never know how God is going to touch some people. He's been touching people with uh, helping us out with, through their taxes. So you never know. Some people through uh, their will as well as inheritance may say, let's uh, uh, bless contending for the faith of being a part of that. And it uh, fits into uh, the Lord saying, lay not up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust and thieves break in, but lay up for yourself treasures in heaven when none of these things had happened. We want to make sure we invest everything God has entrusted us with with uh, ministries that are really making a difference for time and eternity. And this ministry is so critical for the body of Christ that I've said many times, and I go on record saying again, that the way the teaching is on this program and the way uh, uh, questions are asked as well as answers, I believe that this is a role model uh, apologetic ministry that should be worked into every Sunday school in churches and Bible studies. That's how serious it is. I mean, it, that's one of the reasons why cults are getting so many people in our churches because they're not teaching this type of style of apologetics in the Sunday school as well as the Bible study. It's great to learn about David killing Goliath and Samson and all those things, 
and Bible stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But if we don't get uh, biblical truth regarding who God is, who Jesus is, what salvation means, and sal- salvation through faith alone, and um, you know what it means to be born again, and those sort of things, it opens up Pandora's box for all the evils of the world to come in. It's amazing. Every time I do a lecture, people say, I believe, but they don't know the address of that belief. We're about giving that address so people will know what they believe and know why. Amen. So we're going to get to our questions now, Brother Gary. Mm-hmm. So, Dr. Buckner, by address, you mean the chapter and verse, right? The chapter and verse. That's yeah. right. Absolutely. Yeah. Amen. All right. Our uh, phone lines are lit up right now, and we're going to go to our first caller who is somebody named Cece. Do you know anybody? I that? think we know that name, yeah, okay. Cece. How you doing, Cece? Um, how you guys doing? We are truly blessed, and we trust that you got blessed by the Word tonight. Yes, I did. I did often. Oh, good. Uh, bring out one thing that really touched you. What what ministered to you tonight through the Word? When you talked about the spiritual affliction and how when you're spiritually afflicted that you need to be in the Word of God, and I really thought about that. That that's, That is so true because, you know, when you you know being spiritually afflicted, it's like what you were saying is like when you don't read the word when you when you're not reading the word of God you're not in the word of God and, and His peace is not guarding you there's going to be a deprivation of spiritual growth and so that growth is going to come through the word is you know I think about when David says your word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you because the word the heart was the seed of emotions it drives you to do the right thing when God your word is like it's like a steering wheel to a car when God's word is in your heart. And it's accompanied by the Spirit. And I mean, it reminds me also what um, Paul said in Colossians, when he said, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. And it's the Greek word plusios, which means extravagantly. And the word of God cannot dwell in you extravagantly if you're not reading it. If you're just going to church on Sunday and you hear the pastor open the Bible up and, you, and then the rest of the week your book is closed, you got to constantly be in communion with God. And I, I think about, uh, with, I think it was... Uh, one of the pastors there in your ministry has said that we got to have that FaceTime with God. Like when you have FaceTime on the, on the telephone, and you get that in the Word of God, because as the Bible says His, his Word is like a mirror. His Word is like a mirror. You look into that. You look into that mirror, which is the Word of God, and you begin to be built up and, and filled with the Spirit. And as the Bible says, a faithful man will abound in blessings and search first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. All these things will be added onto you. Amen. Well, I think there was a. A uh, well-known guy by the name of Gary Bell that uh, mentions that uh, that concept about Facebook. So FaceTime, FaceTime, yeah, and uh, versus Facebook because <laughs> uh, we get so much into Facebook and not the and not Facebook. the not, that the Gracebook, yeah. Amen. So it came from Gary Bell mm-hmm. and the Lord. All righty, and what and what question do you have uh, on your heart? Um, I want to ask you in Romans chapter. Um, I think it was in Romans Romans chapter. Uh, of four, verse one. Okay, and uh, why don't you why don't you read that? You want me to do it? You want me to do that next week? Um, what's that? The question? Yeah, you want me to do the question next week? Uh, no. Go ahead and uh, what's your question on uh, Romans four talk and one? The, talk about the homework or the question? So the, the homework that I heard that you didn't get a chance to do that yet, correct? No, I, I, no, it's done. It's done. But you know, what I'm saying it's, it's it's not. You know, what I'm saying I, I I think it's done. Okay, tell you what, what are the uh, uh, five? Because we got other people too calling in. 
what are the five major uh, doctrines of the book of Romans? And what we'll do is get to this question next week because I want to make sure we uh, uh, you completed the homework assignment. So the five major uh, doctrines of the book of Romans, and just give it to us what you came up with, and then uh, you don't have to go into detail on each one of them. Just give me uh, what they are. Okay, i just give you what you are. Okay, no problem, and I'll do it next week. Uh, sanctification, justification, uh, predestination, election, and glorification. Okay, uh, predestination, uh, election, uh, those are not considered the five major doctrines of the Book of Romans. Okay, so what you wanted, that's why I wanted you to do the homework assignment. The five major doctrines of the Book of Romans is, is this. Number one is condemnation. And so Romans 8 and 1 talks about there is no condemnation to them that are in Christ. The second one would be justification, and that's Romans 5 and 1. And it talks about there, you know, how we are justified in Christ. And so you break up the word justification. It means just as if I've never sinned in Christ. The third one would be sanctification. That's how God makes us holy and righteous in Christ and set us apart. And that's in Romans 6 and verses 1 through 13. And then number four is consecration. And consecration is found in uh, Romans 12 and verses 1 and 2. And it also relates to uh, dedication in Christ, where we dedicate our bodies and uh, our entire being to him. And then the, the fifth one is glorification. And that's uh, in found in Romans 8 and 16 through 23. So that's why I wanted you to do the homework, because there's so many people say this and that about it, but this is the five major uh, doctrines of the Book of Romans. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. And uh, we'll get to your prayer next week when we get to Romans 4 and 1, and we'll entertain that next week, okay? Okay. All right, thank you. Did you get all those down? Yeah, yeah, I got them. All righty. God bless, and thank you for your call and your comments as well. All right, thank you. All right. All right, let's get to our next caller. All right, Brother Rick has been waiting patiently. Brother Rick, how are you doing tonight? Shalom Aleichem. All right. How are you doing? I am blessed. Well, that's good. That's a, that's a good thing. Good thing. I'm blessed to be stressed by the devil's mess. Amen to that. Amen to that. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, I came up, came up with a uh, question, and it's uh, something that I, I feel like I'm still learning. Mm-hmm. Okay, we, we know that we cannot see God the Father, and Moses uh, even asked uh, God to be seen, but God only showed so much of him, and, and that was more than enough. Because uh, I know that when we see God in, in the state that we're in right now, it would be too much for us. Mm-hmm. Here's the question I have. When we get to the, when we get to the state of glorification and we receive our glorified bodies, are we able to see God the Father? Man, that's a good question, Rick. And I tell you, uh, you always come up with some very uh, good ones. Well, let me just say that this is a lot of debate on this, and I want to encourage people to take notes on what I'm saying too, because this is valuable information and. You may have this question asked to you in your church or in your family with your uh, children, your grandchildren, and you need to be equipped and uh, so you don't get whipped. And now, uh, so there's debate. Some people say we will see the Father. Others say 
We won't, but we'll see Jesus. I always try to say, okay, I can speculate, but I want to always go to Revelation, you know, Revelation over speculation. And uh, I believe that the Bible gives us some answers to the question that you have here. And uh, so uh, the first point uh, in terms of seeing God is uh, Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 5 and 8, uh, he said, uh, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Okay, so everybody getting that? Then make sure you get that down. Matthew 5 and 8, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall what? See God. And then the second point with that is Revelation 22 and 4. Revelation 22 and 4. It says, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in their foreheads, those, you know, of the new Jerusalem. So this is when we're in heaven, these are believers there in heaven, and they are constantly in the face of God. And so and they, in, in Revelation 22 and 4, talks about, and we shall see his face. I mean, that's clear right there in the Scripture. Um, the, uh, the point that you mentioned is found in uh, Exodus 33 and 20. That's a critical point with these other Scriptures because uh, people ask the question, how can you see God when Moses said, no man shall see him and live? This is Exodus 33 and 20. Uh, make a note of that as well. Well, I believe this is talking about it in the uh, the physical realm by which we live today. And uh, so when we look at um, the aspects of a spiritual body, the thing that is unique about that, it calls it a spiritual body. Why? Because the things that we could not see in the physical realm, we'll be able to see in the spiritual realm. And that's why it tells us in 1 John 3 and 2, make a note of that. 1 John 3 and 2, it doth not yet appear. Beloved, now are we the sons of God? It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, that we will be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Not only Jesus, but we will be able to see God, the Father, as well, because Matthew 5 and 8 and Revelation 22 and 4 couldn't see it in the physical realm, the dimension by which we live, but in the spiritual realm because of a spiritual body from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we'll be able to see things that we cannot see in this realm. So hopefully that has given you some insight to your question. No, thank you very much. I got educated on that. Amen. Amen. We have less than a minute. Let's get your prayer request, and we'll pray around that quickly. And then after the commercial break, we'll go to Brother Germain. He has a critical question as well. Uh, Brother Rick, what's your prayer request? Give me in prayer around my sleep, around my legs, and uh, overall health. Okay, overall health. Okay. Brother Gary? Amen. Lord, we just thank you, Brother Rick. We just know, Lord God, he's just a constant source of encouragement. We appreciate him. We love him. We pray, Lord God, that you touch his body from the crown of his head to the bottom of his soul, Lord God. You heard his his request for his sleep and his legs and his overall health, and we just pray for that to take place, that your mercy and grace would just flow into his body, Lord God. 
We pray that these prayers would touch the hem of your garment like the woman that had an issue of blood touched you and that that virtue would just flow right into him right now, Lord God. Strengthen him, encourage him, and bless him. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Brother Rick, thank you so much for your call, and what an excellent question. God bless you, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you again. All right, uh, Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take the commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecture Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell. And once again, we just want to encourage you to continue to pray for this ministry. It is a prayer-driven ministry. And without your effectual, fervent prayers, we know that we would not have been on the air as long as we have these 19 years. So we just thank you, those of you who have been praying for us. And then we just want to encourage those of you who have been partnering with us and those of you who have never given. It's time to give. It's time to step up. If you've been blessed by this ministry, there is no excuse. Be a blessing to us. Be a blessing for those in the listening audience for time and eternity. You never know what impact your dollars are going to have. You may say, well, I only have $5 to send the $5. Because that $5 in God's hands can do amazing things. One day we'll stand in heaven and God's going to say, turn around. And you're going to turn around and see a multitude of people. And you'll say, Lord, who are these people? God's going to say, these are the people, that $5 you gave impacted their lives to the point where they came to know Jesus. And they're in heaven because of what you did. We just never know the impact. And when we give, when we give it to God, he can do amazing. He can take the little and multiply it to an amazing, amazing effect. So don't think you have too little or you can't give. Be a blessing anyway. If God has blessed you um, with their tax refund, if God has blessed you with an inheritance, and maybe one day you, you're thinking about setting up a will, consider putting uh, ministries like ours in your will to continue your legacy long after you're gone, that lives will continue to be touched and changed. There's two ways you can donate. Number one, send a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Just get on your laptop, smartphone, tablet. Go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. You'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Dr. Buckner. Thank you, Brother Gary. And everybody uh, continue to remember Brother Gary in prayer. He's been under the weather a little bit, but God's grace is sufficient uh, for him and all of us in our weaknesses. Uh, so we're going to get to our next caller, Brother Gary. Let's Brother Jermaine. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing this evening? Oh, I'm doing very well. Well, good. Always good to hear your voice. And what's on your heart tonight, my brother? Well, I just um, I want to talk about near-death experiences. Um, you know, I've heard about them over the years, and a lot of them sound just, uh, you know, borderline, just crazy and, and ridiculous. But I ran across a doctor who I guess had has a uh, a group that's been documenting just instances they can't explain where people are explaining things to them that shouldn't have been explaining, and people who have been clinically dead for minutes at a time and enough to where one particular doctor, he 
he didn't say he was a believer, but he, he figured there was something else out there, at least enough to investigate, because they, they couldn't explain it. And there's no scientific ex- explanation for what a lot of them experienced. And people in hospitals were having some experiences, but they didn't want to talk about them and kind of get ostracized for looking insane. And then, um, you know, every now and then I would hear of some where they were just whatever these people experienced, they were so terrified they came back and they ran the church and, you know, were just begging for Bibles and, and wanted to hear some good preaching and, and the truth. So I, I know they're all over the spectrum. A lot of them I hear, I, I flat out don't believe. But every now and then I'll hear of one that it sounds like it could be legit. And I don't know, of course, because I wasn't there and I'm not going to call everyone a liar or run away saying they're deceived. But I just thought it was worthy of a, a question. And, you know, you guys are the right people to ask. So I wanted to hear your thoughts on it. Thank you so much. Yeah, there's so much discussion uh, over near-death experiences. And uh, Christians, from an apologetic perspective, have to be equipped in this area to give answers. You know, First Peter 3 and 15 says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks of you a reason to hope to send you with meekness and fear. And so there are answers to this uh, questions uh, and experiences of near-death experiences. And I believe that, uh, number one, that we should always uh, test um, uh, sensationalism and experientialism in the light of revelation, in the light of God's Word, because a lot of these people are saying, uh, and most of them are saying, and all of them are saying, they experienced this and they, uh, you know, uh, went through this experience and saw light and they saw hell and, and they saw things that made them come back and revolutionize their life. It's kind of like the the young the story about the young boy who died and went to heaven. They had a movie on that, and CRI ended up uh, Christian Research Institute ended up doing an article on that, and they investigated it and they found out that the parents had made that whole thing up. The kid said, "No, that didn't happen to me." So there's a lot of sensationalism, experientialism that has to always be tested in the light of Scripture. That's why Paul says, test all things and hold fast to that which is good. So when we look at Scripture, so this is the thing that we have to always germane point people to in relationship to their sensationalism and experientialism and, uh, and paper eschatology and all these other things, that uh, when we look at Scripture— we see that um, uh, that there is a difference between clinical death and biological death. When a person actually dies, that's a biological death. And in a biological death, it's seen in Luke chapter 16 with the rich man and the poor man. And you remember the rich man said, can somebody go back and warn my family? And Abraham said, no, you can't go back because, you know, they have Moses and the prophets. If they don't listen to them, they won't even listen to somebody who was raised from the dead. I mean, that's 
just gives that thing, debunks it and gives the black eye. I, I try to tell people, look at the Word of God. Test things by the Word of God over sensationalism and experientialism because that debunks the whole idea. Now, when we talk about clinical death, there's people all the time that uh, have clinical death experiences. That doesn't mean that they literally die. That means that there's been some damage to the brain which can cause people to think that they had experienced this. And then you got to also remember that when the brain is affected, Satan, I believe, comes in there too. He comes in there too, and this is a different twist. He comes in there too, and people say, I see a light. Remember, Satan is called the the angel of, of, of light. You know, he can appear as an angel of light, you remember? And so uh, a lot of these lights that people are saying that they're seeing, <laughs> you better be careful that that's not a satanic light. Now, the other thing that debunks this whole idea of people leaving and dying and, and, and experiencing things and coming back to tell the story. Now, I want people to really, really pay attention to what I'm getting ready to say here now. And I want you to not only pay attention, but I want you to write these points down. If you look in your Bible at 2 Corinthians chapter 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, write that down. And the Apostle Paul talks about some visions and revelations that he had had. And he says in verse 2, I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago, whether in the body I cannot tell or whether out of the body I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one caught up into the third heaven. So Paul went to the third heaven in a vision of revelation. And verse 4 says, And how that he was caught up into paradise and heard an unspeakable. Now, I want you to make a note of that. Is everybody paying attention to what I'm saying? Underline the word unspeakable. Words unspeakable, it, which is not lawful for any man to utter. How in the world could they leave and experience these things and come back and be able to utter them when God says he shuts it down with the Apostle Paul? Now notice here in verse 7, unless I should be exalted above Measure through the abundance of revelation there was given me a thorn in my flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffer me, lest I should be exalted above measure. So God even allowed a thorn in his flesh because Paul was getting to the point where he's getting ready to, to boast about what he experienced. God shuts that down. He's not going to allow you to go somewhere and come back and tell that. No, that's not the way God operates. So hopefully the insight I've given you here is helped you and given you some ammunition as well. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I definitely, I'm going to call you back with a, a part two, but I, I think you have the most biblical answer. Uh, I, I will say I've, I've known a couple family members and whatever they supposedly had, the ones that seem the most legit, they won't, they wouldn't tell you anything. Like mm-hmm. there's no stories, there's no sensationalism, there's no speaking tours. And, and I have noticed some people where they're not necessarily afraid of death anymore. They just don't want to hasten it. But you can't get a word out of out of them, and, you know, whatever they did have. But the ones I doubt are the ones that won't shut up. Yeah, yeah. Well, just give them Scripture and test all things through the Word of God over emotionalism, sensationalism, and experientialism. Thank you so much for your call. All right. Thank you, Dr. <clears throat> God bless you. Let's try to squeeze in our all last All right. Call. Let's go to Sophia. Sophia, how you doing? 
I'm, I'm very well. No, I'm not going to go into what I was going to because uh, you addressed it so beautifully, as always, with Dr. Buckner. It's, it's, you're right. You should be heard in every, every uh, Sunday school. It was my original question. But I'm going to go quickly to another one, if I may, and maybe I can call back with the original. Um, my husband, as I mentioned, is Jewish. Now, he was told, again, by who knows who, but, but I did look this up. And it is in Romans um, 11, uh, 25. I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brothers, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced the hardening in part until the full number of the Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved as it is written. And then it goes on and on. Now, my husband says he has a covenant with uh, us, Israel, the Jews. So I don't have to be born again. I don't have to worry about it because God will never break a covenant. Now, I think that's a misunderstanding. Am I wrong? Well, it it is, because he has to remember that when you look at the book of Hebrews, and I would encourage you to read the whole book of Hebrews, but the book of Hebrews says the old covenant is obsolete. So there is a new covenant which uh, so th- that Christ has given us, and the writer of Hebrews is saying there's a new covenant in Christ. So we who are in Christ, according to Romans chapter 11, this is what the Apostle Paul is saying, we are spiritual Jews. Spiritual Jews are those who believe in Jesus Christ. You're not a Jew because of ethnicity. You're not a Jew because wow. of nationality. You are a Jew because of faith in Christ. That's what Paul is arguing, infinitum agnosium, in Romans chapter 9 through, uh, you know, 11. That, and that's why Jesus had to rebuke the Jews in uh, John 8, because they were talking about, our father is Abraham, and Jesus simply said, no, your father is the devil, because if you knew Abraham— which the Bible says through Abraham's seed, all the nations of the earth will be blessed, then they would have really believed in faith in Jesus Christ because that's what the rite of Hebrews is saying. By faith in, in, in Jesus, Abraham really becomes the spiritual father, and all of us who believe in Christ are spiritual Jews. You're not in the covenant of God unless you are born again by Jesus Christ. We'll talk more about this, but hopefully that helped you out. I hear the music now, but we'll continue to pray for your husband. Hopefully the insight I've given you is helping you out. But read Hebrews. The Old Covenant is obsolete. I will. Thank you so much, Dr. Buckner. All righty. God bless. Brother Gary. All right. Well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast, and we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, Frederick, our phone counselor, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. It's important for us to hear from you, your letters and cards are an encouragement to us. So please drop us a note and let us know how this program has blessed you. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.